0: Goal chance for mcgrath Surely give it in, Connor. Oh! Woo! What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21-metre line. Came goal back, still going. Bonia, bonia. Goal is oh, oh, what a goal! goal. <laughs> I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne! If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the Whingers and the Whiners are forgotten. The characters remember briefly. Or stick in your mind at the championship show i want nothing to do with that to be
1: quite honest you know i think it's a disgrace it's the damn
2: the game if <laughs> it oh, yeah, don't mean
1: how's it going welcome along to the GEA podcast Nathan Murphy with you, alongside Dave McIntyre. Hello there. Congratulations, Mr. McIntyre. Thank you. The new daddy.
0: Yes. Yes, it's, um, How's it it's been going? an unusual week. Has it, yeah? I'm trying to combine these new fatherly duties with commentating on the GA Championship and staying out of your way. I think I've managed to achieve all three reasonably well.
1: Yeah, and I, I know you're a big supporter of Mayo football, but <laughs> yeah. I was surprised with how far you've taken it. Naming it after a Mayo great. Naming this child... After well, the great Alan Dillon.
0: It's spelt with a Y, though.
1: That's that's not how Alan Dillon so, spells his
0: name. Exactly. So I, I've clearly misspelt it. You have clearly yes. misspelt it. Um, um, we haven't registered the birth yet, so I will make sure that when I'm completing the paperwork that that little oversight will be amended. All going well, though? All going very well. Good, good. Can't wait for this weekend, though. Baby yeah. or no baby. Well, we're recording on
1: Thursday because we have to set off early to get to Limerick because <laughs> nobody <laughs> yeah. has ever travelled to Limerick for a match before Mayo people have actually Never been in Limerick No Mayo person has ever Set foot in Limerick before Is what I've got uh, From the past few days
0: Right I see So they don't know how to get there We, we literally well, do know how going, to get I'll there I'll be setting out from Dublin And I would have thought Have that you got a minibus. You could give a lift <laughs> 98% of the traffic Heading to the Gaelic grounds Will not be coming From the Dublin direction So I'm pretty happy That Mayo will be heading Via Galway And Kerry will be heading From the south So coming from the capital Should be fine
1: Adrian Barry is not with us This afternoon So we have a new voice on the podcast and you may remember the first few weeks at the podcast We had made a lot more sense We had a lot of stats We had done our research Mainly because this man supplied us with all our information Tommy Rooney Dads, How's it going? How's I it going? After
0: West Mead man for a Mead man Thanks for having wow. me Wow, we have gone up in the world <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure Tommy in it, and I just want
2: to say that uh, Mead men don't have great memories of Limerick either We had a qualifier game in there a couple of years ago Did they ago.
0: Even play Fermanagh down there? Because uh, I know they got a hiding off Limerick didn't they? They conceded five goals was it?
1: Yeah that was a bad day, that was a dark day
0: Yes, so. yes So
1: you're a Meath man What what part? Meath Hill So
2: it's right in the North corner Up by Cavan and Loud so.
1: Ah, Dave's neck of the woods There you go Yeah. So look it We have a very high standard On this podcast I'm sure you've been listening in Every week you know, We know our stuff Oh I know <laughs> So I want to make sure You know your stuff Okay So we're going to do A little quiz Okay On Meath And all things Meath And if you don't get Enough questions right You're out the door Simple as that Right So I'll start with a simple one Last year, Meath had one All-Star nominee. Who was he? Mickey Newman. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> when was the last time Meath won the O'Byrne Cup? Oh, I've got him. I've got him. 2008? Ah, 06. You're out of here. <laughs> this, is the, this is the key question, though. If you, this get, the, this one, if, if you get this one right, yeah. you can stay. How many Meath men should have been sent off for the infamous brawl against Mayo in 96? Mm, definitely three.
0: Oh, that's very generous. I was <laughs> expecting to be a real man and say none.
2: <laughs> Definitely three. I've had Liam McKeon on my ear for the last couple of months, so I'm gonna to have to say three. Ah, Liam is over it.
0: He
1: doesn't. he's well over that sending off at does this stage. Does
0: that keep awake at night? We'll oh, I'm not see. sure if it does. He's with, us the, he's with us this Saturday and off the ball so we'll talk. We might We might just put that to him.
1: Yeah, uh, Lee McHale is going to be down in Limerick keeping a very close eye on Mayo against Kerry. Didn't think we were going to be talking about two football matches but it means we've loads more to talk about this weekend. So Mayo-Kerry, five o'clock throw-in in Limerick and uh, Dublin against Donegal half three in Croke Park. So, mayo Kerry, my thoughts on last weekend are that Mayo showed that they have a higher level than Kerry. Mayo's problem is they don't seem to be getting to that higher level for any more than 15 minutes in a match.
0: Yeah, they've pretty much shown it in every game. Bar the Roscommon game, I don't think they had a purple patch in the entirety of that game. But certainly against Galway, either side of halftime, they just blew them away. Against Cork, they looked like they were absolutely hitting 100% of their abilities at times of that quarterfinal and ultimately could have lost the game. They probably should have lost the game last weekend and Kerry will feel that they left it behind them, just in the same way that Mayo will also feel that there's no question they should have closed it out. I don't know where their 70-minute performance is going to come from. If it's actually in the locker, the Mayo locker, that would be a big doubt of mine. But you don't necessarily have to do that. I mean, how many times over the last three seasons in 2011, when they won the All Ireland, and then when they got to the semi finals or final or won the All Ireland in the previous three years, have Dublin actually played well for 70 minutes? I don't think it's happened once.
1: Yeah, Mayo's problem is that they're not really playing well for more than 15 or 20 minutes. But even in I a don't match. think Dublin
0: would have done that. I mean, I can't recall a real stellar Dublin performance aside from the win over Tyrone in 2011, where you looked at them and you thought, this team are playing to the absolute best of their abilities for 70 minutes. And very few teams manage to do that. Mayo's problem is that when they're not in their purple patch, they're conceding huge amounts of scores. They're letting 1-5 go in a six-minute period, for example, or 1-1 as it was in two minutes against Kerry at the back end of the game last weekend. So I'm not quite sure, but you would imagine that when you look at a replay, the question you have to ask is which county, which team has more room for improvement? And I would just about side of Mayo on that particular note.
1: Yeah uh, uh, There's been a lot of controversy About it going to Limerick But There's a huge novelty To it now Often we don't remember All Ireland semi-finals We will definitely Remember this one It's going to be packed There's going to be 45,000 people there It's going to be A a game that in 10 years time People will say Oh do you remember the time They went down to Limerick And actually I wouldn't be surprised If next year People are saying Maybe we should get More big games Mm. Out of Crow Park And down the country And have them as sellouts Just on that purple patch The Mayo had
2: Um they were absolutely like men possessing to come out in that second half would that have happened if Lee Keegan had
1: been sent off because they were so flat
0: <laughs> I think I think it would have in that they probably they did, did it need against a red, Cork as well it I, was
1: the 10 minutes after the after half time against Cork where yeah, they had the problem. you don't need a patch. red
0: card but for just, you to be in a situation that is clearly very grave but they were losing by 4 points at half time and I'd, obviously the situation was worsened by the fact that they begin in the second half with 14 men but I, I think the reaction would have been the same in that they were looking down a probably a panel ripping defeat. I mean, what will happen to this Mayo panel if they don't win this All Ireland? I and mean, there's a lot of guys that we may not see again, and that certainly would have. Oh, well, people a keep imperative.
1: saying that. The only guys we won't, we may not see again, are Alan Dillon and Andy Morn.
0: Well, you may even see those two. I'm talking yeah. about guys who may not get into the team, as opposed to guys who are retiring. Like there's some fellas. I'm not going to run through a list of names of guys because I don't think it's fair ahead of potentially winning on Ireland that I Ahead don't think Ahead of potentially be playing. having to interview them at the weekend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well something like that as well but I, it, it isn't fair but there would be guys I would think that we may not see starting for Mayo in, in next year's Championship there might be an around the panel but I, I, I can see the point you're making Tommy obviously the Lee Keegan situation would it would have galvanised them to an extent where it would have been let's do it for Lee but at the same time they're losing by four points they needed a reaction regardless
2: I just felt that Fismaris has got his taxes so spot on last weekend and Mayo once they lost the sweeper they you know they could play with abandon they had nothing like literally they had nothing to lose they were there to save their season if they were going out in that second half and they were going to play that sweeper again and they were going to kind of wait see how it panned out 5 or 10 minutes I don't know if that would have came that purple patch
0: Did they end up paying too much attention to Hamez O'Donoghue? Not enough attention it would appear he still kicked 1-3 from play last Sunday um, and he probably should have had one well he missed one goal chance mm. Keith Higgins touched the ball sleep.
1: once in the first half
0: and the times he got on the ball in the second half, he was nowhere near James not know who. He was actually getting on the front foot where he does all of his best work. I think they need to release him this Saturday. But well, we'll this has him. been
1: said for years that Keith Higgins, Keith Higgins, the problem is he's Mayo's best, fo- best player in the full-back line. He would be right up there among their best players in the half-back line. They've played him at centre-half forward as well. But consistently, his best position, they feel, is marking the opposition's best player.
0: And that just restricts him so terribly. The problem with the guys that Mayo had in front of James O'Donoghue last weekend was that they were in the position that maybe James Horn wanted them to be, but they weren't actually doing anything. And both Sky and RT over the course of their analysis the weekend highlighted this in great detail. I saw it on the Sunday game on Sunday night that there were guys in the area, bodies in the area, but what were they actually doing? Often they had their backs to James O'Donoghue and didn't actually know where he was running. At times he won the ball surrounded by three or four different Mayo defenders. And obviously if he's got four guys not in his face but 5 metres away from them. there must be gaping holes elsewhere they need to figure out how to stop the ball getting into him in the first place and that's not what they were doing in the first half
2: old, Sorry, James Robinson's Don't Foul blog you know the brilliant statistical analysis he had that are done who had 24 possessions so for a corner forward that's obviously phenomenal but like a lot of the time that he was getting the ball it was just outside his own 45 and he had to pass the ball a lot of the time I know he scored 1-3 and he should have had 2-4 but like maybe it did work that they had to force him out the field even Paul Gainey is the only man did they,
1: they did kick some brilliant points in the first half, Kerry, from 30, 35 mm. metres out where Mayo were keeping them out to that level. They didn't really let them inside in the first half where they did on several occasions. And perhaps that was when Donaghy came on, when Kerry are a bit more direct, when they're putting the high ball in on top of Jared Afriki, which seemed to work every time. It was reminiscent of the 2006 final where Donaghy just wreaked havoc. But well, it
0: was yeah. like going back in time as Gearing came on and won that... He won two bowls in a row won a free off and one of them created the goal off the other it was like he'd just been transported back in 2006 when he when he was the footballer of the year I
1: always have loved watching Donaghy when I'd be going to matches working and the way just what it means to him and he gets mm-hmm. involved in everything but when he's playing against your own county, <laughs> there's there's been many times I just want to run onto the pitch and punch him in the face. He's
0: done a lot of damage to me. He is one the of the those players really who
1: you always want on your side because he gets stuck in and there's always a little bit of a dig here and there and a sly dig and he's winding people up and it's not just his height and his presence. He has a way of getting under the skin of defenders as well. He's constantly in the rear. There's a bit of trash talking in there and... Can he do it again? Is that is that now his role? Is Mayo? it is it twenty twenty five? I can't minutes? see him
0: starting a championship game. No. Certainly not this summer, um, and maybe not again.
1: But how do Mayo counter him if he comes
2: on for another ten minutes?
0: Well, the opposition have managed to counter Kieran Donny for a good number of games over the last four years. For example, now injuries haven't helped. But if you remember what he was like in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, two thousand all the way through two thousand nine, when they won their last All Ireland, that diagonal ball just seemed to continually work. and particularly when Cooper was sniffing around him now, it's O'Donoghue. But there was a long period over the last two or three years where it just didn't seem to work and like the manner in which teams started to put guys on the edge of the square, big guys, because of what Donoghue achieved in 2006, they completely went away from that. Michael Murphy, I think, is the only player that I can really recall that's played that role really well, and that was only for about 10 minutes in the All-Ireland Final against Mayo two years ago. So teams will have to just go back and figure out a way to counteract him. Mean, you just need one guy in front and one guy behind.
1: Yeah, is there a sense that because Donaghy had been out of the spotlight and had been out of form and all the injuries for so long that they Mayo forgot had... forgot how to deal he, with him. Yeah, <laughs> May, well Mayo <laughs> didn't have a plan to deal with him because yeah. they didn't expect him to make such an impression whereas now they've had a week to go through it. Jared Caffer, he's a really good player. And he sat down he's watched the video Horn says and the Mayo management team say okay this is what we do if he comes on again.
0: But their problem then is that if you're trying to keep two guys on O'Donoghue and you want to keep one guy in front and one guy behind Kieran Donaghy well that's going to uh, put up a lot of space for the likes of Paul Gainey, who was very quiet last weekend didn't score from play. Um, if you look at the, some of the points What, what about his kicked, brother? His cousin His brother? His, uh, cousin managed to kick A couple of points I heard himself. John Sky last Michael. night You got
1: the cousin in You're <laughs> yeah. saving the good
0: stuff for Sky <laughs> yeah. we- well, what, Making all my mistakes And <laughs> off the ball um. The um, point scoring last weekend Was just sublime from Kerry If you think of the two That David Moore got Are up there with the two Best points oh, of this yeah, year's championship wow. Fionn Fitzgerald Kicked a raking score Peter Crowley Came up to kick Just his second ever score In championship football The equaliser from Kieran O'Leary that guy had ice flowing through his veins as he put that one over the bar. And there was a couple of other really top-class scores from Kerry. Most notably, those from James O'Donoghue as well. I would fear that Kerry, from their point of view, will not be able to kick those sort of points again this weekend.
1: They proved a lot of midfield last week, Kerry, because we weren't quite sure about Kerry's midfield, simply because they hadn't really been tested mm. so far. But was that the game where they pretty much answered any of the question marks hanging over them? Because Mayo didn't Didn't dominate midfield The way I thought they might
0: Certainly not in the first half But Mayo got a lot of guys In and around the ball I just don't think Mayo Or Kerry did I don't think Mayo won enough of the breaking ball The second half Mayo's midfield For a long part Demolished Kerry Yeah And the two O'Shea's, yeah, and I think Donald Vaughan really came to the fore in the second half. He was very quiet in the first, didn't carry the ball at all. And I didn't think that Brian Sheehan had much of an impact when he came on. I thought Anthony Maher had one of those workman-like games that he gives her carry without being spectacular. Johnny Buckley flitted in and out of the game. It was David Moran that was really the, the highlight of a carry middle third. I just think that Mayo will get to the grips with them a little better this weekend. than than they did last Sunday
1: What about Killian O'Connor Tommy there was a minute in that second half where he slid in managed to flick the ball to Alan Dillon Dillon kicks the point over O'Connor picks himself straight up scores a brilliant point himself there has, for some reason, been question marks Score, over
0: the brilliant point himself that he scored was made from his turnover. Yeah. immediately after the previous one, as you described, when he slid and flicked it with the outside of his boot into Dylan's path, like he effectively got both of those points. I know Dylan's kick was was magical as well, but that ninety seconds from Killian O'Connor was astonishingly um, inventive, tenacious, skillful, everything you could throw it. It was spectacular.
2: it yeah, was. It oh, was, was brilliant. Like Shane Enright, Marco Shade, the in the first half, they kind of did it, did it well in them. O'Connor still kicked a great point. He had two wides, Mister free. That second half, he was a real leader. He really stood up.
1: He he doesn't seem to be affected overly by kicking wides. He he did the same, was it in, was it last year's final? Where he missed the the very first one, and you thought, uh-oh. Yeah, and he, he wasn't fully fit. No, and year, he wasn't. Know, like,
2: and I've and seen him in full fitness and
1: and he bounced back and he, and he kicked a load of great freeze in that. I, I think it was Bomber Liston who wrote, was it an article before last year's All-Ireland Final or before the start of this season saying that Mayo still don't have this marquee forward. This guy's a two-time young footballer of the year, was nominated for again last year. Is he the real deal? Has, has he got it all? Is he up there with the Bernard Brogans, the James O'Donoghue's?
0: He is in the company of the best players in the country right now. He was I can't. It would be difficult to make a really good argument for there being more than two forwards in the country that would rival uh, Killian O'Connor at the moment I would have agreed with Bomber Liston before this season to be honest like the goals he got last season the three against Donegal a Donegal team that were all over the place and three against London in the Connacht final he has been mainly in my eyes been a free taker up until this season now he scored a huge amount from play but not at crucial stages for my money now I'm sure someone could put stats in front of me that might prove that wrong but I'm just talking about perception my perception of him but this season Obviously, he's getting a lot of scores from place balls. The way he took that penalty last weekend was just top class. But his ability to kick points and play off both feet is up there with James O'Donoghue. It's better than Bernard Brogan, I think, when you look at how two-footed the two players are. It's as good as Jamie Clark or any of the other top-class forwards in the country. He's a contender for Footballer of the Year now, I think, having won two Young Footballer of the Year awards. There's one negative that I would say in terms of decision-making by him last weekend. Kerry were playing into a quite a strong breeze in that first half, and the two frees that he missed, one was an effort from about fifty meters that was definitely outside his limit, despite the fact that the wind was behind him. And Rob Henley had made a run from his own the edge of his own square. He was in between the two sixty fives, desperate to take this free, and Killian O'Connor turned around and waved him back yet still took it on himself. And I think if Killian had taken five or six efforts at that, he wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made up the distance. Then the second one was from a virtually identical position. And again, Henley was making a run from his own goal. Killian O'Connor didn't actually turn around to send him back this time. He worked it short. And I just think that if those two had been kicked over by Henley, and it's very much in his range, that I think the first half might have taken on a bit of a different complexion.
1: Is that not something that's decided beforehand?
0: You can't really decide that beforehand, can you? I mean Do you not
1: do you not say if there's a free in this zone, you take it? If well, there's maybe, a free in this well, zone, you take it.
0: it. It doesn't look like it was. Because there was definite confusion there. Henley seemed to think he was going to be taking the first one and Someone must have given Killian O'Connor a roar or a shout, say, look, Rob's on his way up, because he turned around and waved him back. The anti-whatever Bernard Brogan did for Stephen Kluxen against Kerry three years ago, where the second the foul was committed, Brogan was waving back down to the Daven end. I just think that was something that Killian could have, if he'd have given the opportunity again, he might have made a different decision.
1: How do you see it playing out on Saturday, Tommy? Um, I think Mayo
2: are going to win it. Because Thank you. No, it's just because I think that <laughs> Aiden O'Shea and Jamie O'Shea, they kind of, the way they use their physicality in the second half, like in the second minute of the game last week, Michael Ganey was pushed over the sideline by Aiden O'Shea. And I was like, this is where the bullying is going to start. Aiden's going to start putting himself about. Mayo went 21 minutes in that, second, in fact, that first half without a score. Aiden O'Shea was anonymous. Jason Gibbons started the game and he, he just didn't show enough. I think Mayo are going to get a right from the start this time. What to do with O'Donoghue, I don't know, I'd, I'd nearly be siding with Dave in that one as in letting Keith Higgins go up the field and using him because we saw Seamus Shea getting turned over in the last five minutes in the carry comeback Keith Higgins didn't make that burst forward there's so much in Keith Higgins coming forward and going off the shoulder that that's about Mayo's game and Colin Boyle and Donald Vaughan so if Mayo do that I think they're going to win on Saturday
1: Yeah Aidan O'Shea is, is it a case that maybe he just hasn't quite figured out fully the physicality side of it in that you're saying he did something, the right thing at the start and then I was watching him during the first half and there was two or three occasions where he just tried to run straight through four carry defenders and as if he was thinking, well, I'm the tough man on this pitch, nobody blocks me. Whereas the sensible option is the guy on the shoulder just offload it to the guy who's in a better position. Whereas again in the second half, we saw the big hits rather than taking the stupid, what is probably seen as he just wants to be the hero Yeah, there was,
0: there's no doubt that one of the conversations one to one that James Horne will have had with his players this week would have been with Aidan O'Shea about that exact thing that took place at least four times against Kerry where he carried the ball into traffic and there was no need for it and yeah he's a huge man and he's deceptively quick as well but he's not going to be able to get move through three or four Kerry defenders in terms of what might happen this weekend I think Kerry need another massive game from David Moran and I don't know will they get it because he has had such a difficult time over the last two or three years I can't recall back to back performances from him but from a Mayo point of view if you think of the forwards last weekend obviously Killian O'Connor took all the headlines scoring 1-8 but Dylan got three points the Andy Moran card was played to absolute perfection because he came onto this massive roar and kicked two points. They even got a brilliant score from Jason Doherty, which Mm. was crucial, 15 minutes from time. And he had been quiet up until then. So I think that if Mayo get the same return from the forwards that they start this weekend, they'll definitely win. The question is, who replaces Lee Keegan? And I think it'd be a really short-sighted decision to put Kevin McLaughlin. In Lee Higgins' position, as well as he did last Sunday when he moved back there in the second half, you're sacrificing your high, second highest score from play in your forward line. And I think you're best putting Donald Vaughan in there alongside Boyle and moving Ke- Keith Higgins into the half back line and yeah. keeping him back in the full back line.
1: Does this present actually an opportunity for James Horn to try this out? Uh, he's, his hand has been forced somewhat of sticking Chris Barrett back in the full back line. Giving Keith Higgins a full seventy minutes in the halfback line, the ring, yep. and then when Lee Keegan comes back, you can change things. You could play keep uh, Keith Higgins in there, and perhaps move Vaughan a little bit further up, move him into midfield. A uh, couple of points on that: Alan Dillon has returned to form brilliantly over the past couple of matches in the quarterfinal and in this first semi-final, and Andy Moore, and I wonder. Mm. When he's listening to that comment there, oh, the way he lifted the crowd.
0: Oh, he doesn't want to hear it. But no, he
1: doesn't want to hear it because James Horne's going.
0: Yeah. Visions of Peter actually, Canavan coming off the bench. In was it? It was two thousand five, two thousand three, or five? When he had the ankle injury in the final. Two thousand five, when he was taken off, with the specific purpose of coming back on for fifteen minutes remaining if the game was in the balance. Now, obviously, the Andy Morin. Um, decision can backfire spectacularly if Kerry are leading by six points when he comes off the bench but when it's right in the mix the difference that makes his first two possessions were brilliant he kicked the two points and for that reason he won't start again this Saturday as much as Andy will be paining the fact that he's not starting these games he's just too important as an impact sub because it's quite a weak male bench there isn't really anyone there aside from these gargantuan midfielders that just seem to be able to grow up out of the ground in the county they don't have guys that will worry opposing defences in the forward line
2: can Freeman make the same impact of him from the start? Because Mayo's full four line were so flat the last day. Yeah, the Freeman runs. was...
0: He was terribly anonymous yeah. uh, for the majority of that game and I'm surprised he wasn't taken off earlier. He was really the only Mayo four that didn't make a significant contribution. Um, Andy's so,
1: had a lot of quiet games from the start yeah. as well. Which Horan maybe is looking and thinking, OK, Andy's... With the injuries he's had, he's lost a bit of pace. It, he's going to struggle to make an impact from the start. Whereas we know with 20 minutes remaining, we need his experience and... The guys he's gone up against have 50 minutes under their belt. They're tiring a little bit. That lack of pace isn't showing up as much. So that's why Freeman is going to continue to get the start.
0: Yeah, I think that, that kind of sums it up. I don't think he believes in the abilities of some of the guys to have a big impact. Like, for example, one of the first guys that come on last weekend for a blood sub was Mickey Conroy. Uh, he's been a really good servant to Mayo. He's played in all of their All Ireland final defeats, all four of them. He's not good enough to win a game for Mayo. He simply isn't. He hasn't been for a long time. Mickey has not been the answer for a long time. A lot of and bad yet, decision making. And yet he was brought on when there was a blood sub and he was the first sub in terms of a forward being brought on by James Horne. It was Michael Conroy.
1: Yeah, well, I was down in Mayo, I remember before the start of the championship and talking about uh, Michael Conroy with a few people uh, who watch a lot of club games in Mayo and all of them wa- wanted him to start for Mayo. That, no, no, this guy has it. You watch him in the club games. All he needs is a manager to get the best out of him. But there's a huge difference between club and county. So I like what I'm hearing from the two of you. Uh, Both of you going for Mayo to win the replay. So then Sunday, Dublin against Donegal. Uh, A clash of two styles, we presume. Maybe not quite as much of a clash as 2011. Jim McGuinness saying they can't go back and go as ultra defensive as they did in that semi-final back in 2011 possibly because Dublin are so much better now that yeah. if you sit that far back you, there's no way Dublin no matter what team they come up against don't kick 15 scores
0: and Donegal are only averaging 15 scores and their average this season has been enhanced by the 314. I think it was they got against Antrim in the 3-16 316. 316 the, in the Ulster semi-final like if you think of that semi-final 3 years ago Dublin won it by kicking 8 points that was the sh- fewest scores kicked by a winning All-Ireland semi-final team since Galway won a semi-final in 1956. And that their g- the game that Galway won was a 60-minute game.
1: You know, I really should have done that stat attack jingle for you <laughs> rather than Adrian Barry. Would have got a lot more use out of it.
0: And it took Pat Gilroy and the Dublin backroom team the guts of 45-50 minutes to figure that Donegal team out. And it was really only the introduction of Kevin McManaman that turned the game. Someone that was actually willing to grab the ball and just run straight at the Dun- Donegal defenders.
1: It was one of the craziest days in the history of sport. Between that match and Manchester Arsenal, United beating Man- Arsenal. I was commentating
0: on Manchester United-Arsenal that a- day. 8-2. And at one stage there were more goals at Old Trafford than there were points in Croke Park. What was the score in the early match that day? Was it Man City-Tottenham? 5-1 five
1: one, five one to, City. to Man City. 5-1 to
0: Man City. It was a c- pretty crazy day of sport, all right. the The two gyms I would love to have spent two or three days with each manager this week as they sat down with their selectors and they thought, right, how are we going to win this game? How much time will Jim Gavin spend on Donegal in comparison with the time that Jim McGuinness will spend on Dublin? I'd love to see somehow someone to magic me up the actual stat for that.
1: Because I believe Jim Gavin, at first when he got the job first and he started... Talking about the way he wanted Dublin to play in the great tradition of the old Dublin sides, wants the players to express themselves, play an attacking brand of football. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Wait till you get to an All Ireland semi final, you'll do whatever it takes to win. But by and large, he actually does stick to this, and he does want his players to go and attack. And he puts a lot into the training games and that's what their team is based about. I, I don't think he does pay a huge amount of attention to the opponent. Whereas Donegal we're down in Johnston House for five days together. I'm sure the reason for that was Jim McGuinness is coming up with something. some sort of, It may not work, but he says it may not be as defensive as 2011, but there's going to be something 2011-like about the way Donegal, Donegal go out and go and perform in this game.
0: Well, it can't be any more defensive than they have been this season, can they? I mean, they won't revert surely back to three years ago, Tommy. If you think but they, they only got 1-12 against Armagh, yeah, I mean If they score one twelve on Sunday, they won't win this game. Like Dublin will get fifteen points. They'll be, they might be restricted. They may not get a goal, but they'll be. Rest- they'll get at least fifteen points. Would you not think if they only got fifteen oh, against Monaghan, one eleven against Derry? Yeah, they wouldn't have won any of those games really if they were if it was a Dublin team that they were playing in those matches. I I, I wonder how much can they restrict Dublin? Can they keep them to twelve points? Well, in that twenty
2: eleven game, Dublin knew there was something coming at them but I don't think they could quite expect that from Donegal and Donegal can't spring a surprise like that again so it's vital that they get the matchups right right Mm. because Mead would have been focusing a lot on Dublin and thinking about the matchups and they got them completely wrong you know they poor Karen and Kevin McMiniman McMiniman destroyed them any one of them Dublin forwards whether it's not even the front six eight Dublin forwards could destroy you on any given day so they have to get the match. Yeah, Dublin's like the match.
0: weaponry is far superior now, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, the two Brogans are at the peak of their powers. They've got someone like Costello, for example, Manion, O'Gara, um, Rock, that can all come off the bench Paul if Flynn necessary. Paddy to Andrews, score. Paul Flynn is—he was one of the best players in the country in t- 2011. He's actually just just got better again. I think Dermot Connolly is most skillful footballer in Ireland at the moment. And there, are, there were guys in the Dublin forward line of. Uh, three years ago that were maybe at the the far end of their powers, like guys like Brian Cullen who had a really good season but clearly wasn't the player he was, say mm. three or four years prior to that. I don't think there's a single Dublin player they would say is close to being beyond their peak, even Alan Brogan because of what he missed last year. He seems to be just absolutely flying. So the two the arsenal that Dublin have at their disposal that Jim Gavin has is far superior to that which Pat Gilroy I think I had. So you have to you have to bear factor that in as well. Bear that in mind also. And did Donegal peak in twenty twelve? Well yeah. I guess if they win this is All-Ireland Tommy you you can't say that but yep.
2: e- now you would say that wouldn't you? You would thinking back and then looking at this Dublin team you can't say they picked last year because look at them this year they're winning games with <laughs> 17 points you know but um, like that Dublin front 6 in 2011 you had Paul Flynn Barry Cahill Brian Cullen they're not necessarily scorers but like Flynn wasn't a scorer really back then Alan Brogan didn't score in that game Connolly was sent off Bernard Brogan now you have Flynn Alan Brogan Dierma Connolly they're getting you 1-2 a, a game you have Kevin McMillan inside Bernard Brogan, Mannion and costello it's it's ridiculous the amount of the firepower they have.
1: Yeah, and in twenty twelve, Colin McFadden had one of the best seasons of his career. Michael Murphy was the best player in the country, the best forward in the country, certainly. Murphy seems to be playing a different role now. He seems to be playing a lot deeper. And has that taken whereas in in, in twenty well, particularly twenty eleven semi final, but in twenty twelve as well, the blanket defence worked because they took their chances. In an yeah. attack, and their forwards were able to say were able to get them to the scores to just get over the line. Whereas now, the forwards aren't really doing
0: that. Well, they really only have one forward, and that's Paddy McBrerity. Nobody else is contributing. This season for them. Or McNeilish has got um, won a couple of big scores, but he's been played quite deep at times. Michael Murphy's chipping in with two or three points a game, but only one of those would be from play. McFadden has scored one point from play all summer. Yeah, you, he is a guy that was a rival for Footballer of the Year just two years ago. If it wasn't for McBriarty and his contributions off the bench, they wouldn't have won the Ulster final. They would have struggled from the start against Armagh.
1: Have you changed your mind on McBriarty? Because when we we're talking about Donegal earlier in the summer, you were saying, <laughs> you think back to McBriarty of two years ago, he hasn't progressed at all. But this summer, has he
0: well, against Monaghan and Armagh, he clearly has found some form. The points—I think he had three opportunities off the bench against Monaghan, and he kicked them all. And he kicked a, it was a two points kick against Armagh, and they were both excellent scores. I love his style, his kicking style is just like fairy tale stuff. Pretty much no backlift, and yet he can still kick, still kick the ball fifty meters. The point—the big points they got against Armagh came from the likes of Neil McGee, who only ever scored once. In his cha- in championship, um, and obviously they're getting their cornerbacks and their halfbacks up into corner four positions. Carl Lacey's picking the ball up in the corner. They're getting Thompson forward, Frank McGlynn forward, um, even Paddy McGraw was getting forward from time to time. That will happen have to happen again this weekend. But if they find themselves in those advanced positions, I mean, can Dublin hit them? Is it possible to hit this Donegal team on the break? I don't know if it is.
1: Are they using Michael Murphy the
0: right way?
2: it's hard to know isn't it you'd love to see Murphy on the square next Sunday for a while
0: Murphy against Carroll would be fascinating wouldn't
2: it yeah you'd love to see that I,
1: I just can't see Donegal winning this game unless Murphy kicks 6-7 points and
0: he'd never be close enough to goal to do that, that though will he
1: that's what I'm wondering so who does how do they get over that 12-13 points mark in this match
0: Well, Dave, this is the 23rd time that Jim McGuinness has been in charge of Donegal in the Championship. Only twice in the previous 22 games have they managed to score more than 20 points. Now, Dublin will probably reach 20 points this weekend. Like, Dublin will probably score 116, 117. Can Donegal possibly force Dublin into conceding that amount? Like, they conceded 16 points in the quarterfinal win over Leash. And in every game since, their concession rate has dropped the defence got tighter against Wexford and against me. than in the quarter final against Monaghan and I can see Dublin keeping Donegal to 13 points this Sunday and if that happens it's virtually impossible to see Donegal winning 13-12
1: Yeah the one question mark you might have over Dublin which they've really answered is that they were starting game slowly That if Donegal could get at them and could be leading even by a couple of points at half-time and have something if it's 8-6 at half-time this time and just have something to hold on to that that's the only way they can maybe win this game. I think in the Monaghan game you know Monaghan lost
2: the mini-battles like they tried to get physical with Dublin but Dublin were winning them physical battles you know the the little scuffles off the ball and stuff like that. Armagh put it up to Donegal and they were were rattling them at times you know.
0: They should have beaten them.
2: They should have, but if Donegal can learn from the Armagh and take some of the dark tricks from Armagh and do it on Sunday against Dublin and put Dublin under that
1: pressure, I don't know if you can rattle Dublin. But You yeah, must hate Dublin down and me then. Oh. Well you always hated no, Dublin they, but they don't fear Dublin and me. Though. Oh never, never.
0: The the <laughs> Arm I think you have to look at the Armagh game. Like this is an Armagh team that obviously have made huge progress this summer, but they're not in the top six teams in the country. And they should have beaten Donegal. There's absolutely no question that chances are, Matt, kicked away in that game. They should have beaten Donegal by three or four points at worst. And I think if you take that game as one of the major evidence basis for what we're going to see on Sunday, it's so hard to put together an argument as to why Donegal will be able to beat Dublin, but should have been beaten by Armagh. If Donegal lose this game,
1: is is that it for Jim McGuinness?
0: I would have thought it's probably it for Jim anyway. Does he? Can he come back for a fifth year? Yeah, There's
1: going to be a lot of change because it seems to be the same case with uh, James Horan that whether Mayo win or lose the All Ireland, that that's it. And both both of them. I I, I as someone who was two young kids and Dave is just getting into this. Uh, I don't know how they do it. Both of them have large families of extremely young children. Yeah, how do they get away with it?
2: McGinnis has his job in Glasgow as well. Yeah, knows, so.
0: I don't know how they do it. But even if even if you were a school teacher, for example, and you had no kids, like four years is still sort of the peak of the cycle for these managers. I mean, the days of the of Mickey Hart are long gone. There's no way, man. You just saw Alan Mulholland stepping down just when it looks like he's really starting to get something out of Galway. It's it's so hard for Manchester to stick around. I think you will see the end of James and Jim even if these counties are all Ireland champions in the, in the end of September. I think they will step down after four years.
1: And it'll be a real shame not to have Jim McGuinness oh, involved huge, in Gaelic football. Shame. And obviously it's a big job he has at Celtic. There's probably a lot of opportunities for progression there. And I don't know if there is a job, if a job can be made for him in the GEA that somebody goes, what are you getting paid at Celtic? We can match that. Oh, the GEA guys like him. Yeah, that's... We know what... Y- the respect you have from young people within this country and the talent you have as a coach that you give this guy whatever it is 100 grand a year and you say work for us full time travel mm-hmm. around the country and inspire people to play Gaelic football
0: Well say for example at the end of September he, they, he's been there for four years and they've won three Ulsters and two All-Irelands and he's looking at Neil Gallagher and he's looking at Paul Durkin and he's looking at uh, Rory Kavanagh, and Christy Toy and Colin McFadden and he's thinking have I got the best out of these guys will we see these guys at their peak again and maybe he will decide there's certainly nowhere else I can take this team.
1: Tommy, do you see any... Uh, you're going for Dublin, I presume. By how many points is probably the better way rather than actually uh, wondering who's going to win this.
2: Well, Dublin don't already win by two or three today, so... Like, what the fuck...
1: Oh. Yeah, it's more... How, Donegal, how many though. points are in it with ten minutes remaining? Yeah,
0: I think... Look, I'm, I couldn't make an argument for Donegal to win this game, but if they come up with a game plan and Jim McGuinness has something up his sleeve which I fully expect him to he's got the guys that can implement it I think they're going to make it terribly awkward for Dublin but Dublin just have too many good players and as Jim Gavin was described by Johnny Cooper earlier in the summer on off the ball he's a facilitator he'll put his faith in these boys to do whatever needs to be done on the pitch taking each situation on its own merits and kind of adapting to what's happening in front of them so whether it's struggle for them for the first half an hour 40 minutes, 50 minutes they'll find a way don't think it'll be a big margin though I'm thinking in something along the lines of Dublin 115, 15 Donegal 13-14 points
1: Yeah and it's hard to see Dublin failing to score 1-3 or 1-4 in those final 10 mm. minutes just to, to win it either way
0: Donegal have never scored a goal against Dublin Never Ever In four championship games they've never managed to score a goal I think they'll need one this Sunday Put oh, Michael Murphy on the square
1: <laughs> you ha- There you have it Jim A uh, little bit of advice from the Meath Part of this podcast Tommy thanks for joining us I think you're going to Stick with us for the next Few weeks Give us a little bit of Insight Bring a bit of sense To proceedings All our GEA coverage Here on Off The Ball Brought to you by Liberty Insurance Proud partner of GEA Hurling and Camogie. We will have loads of Coverage of all the GEA over the weekend we got Lee McHale uh, down in Limerick with will also reporter reported At uh, Corp Park On Sunday For Dublin And we'll have loads of reaction And previews And everything on Off the ball uh, So we will chat to you Next week
2: Where's the game In life Behind
1: the game Behind the game I got game She
2: got game We got game They got game He got game It might feel good It might sound A little something the game If it ain't saying nothing I got game She got game he got game they got game he got game